0: When Robin was in second grade, she considered herself very independent, and to prove just how independent she was, she made a list.
1: February 18th, 1993. I can do it myself. I can play by myself. I can beat up my brother by myself. I can rip off Barbie's heads by myself. I can play the piano by myself. I can do math by myself. I can get to sleep by myself, I can read myself, I can dress myself, I can eat myself.
0: That's Robin listing all the things she could do herself. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grownups Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing? It is so nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Regina, we have a first kiss and a first miss, a cautionary tale about drugs and alcohol, and what it feels like to be hugged by Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us draw a line between who we were and who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around.
2: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDW, we get that migrating your business to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging.
3: Like me,
4: switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it.
2: Whoa, slow down, friend. CDW's experts can help you simplify the transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell Technologies solutions that offer speed and agility.
4: Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet?
2: IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Dell Tech. A minute ago,
0: we heard from Robin, who made a list of all the things she could do by herself, including ripping the heads off Barbies. But that wasn't the only thing Robin brought to our show in Regina. She also shared a short story written that same year, and she called her story...
1: My Incredible Journey. One day, I was ripping off Barbies' heads. (laughs) I saw something outside. It lookied like a bush. I went outside. It was a whale. (laughs) I wondered what a whale could be doing in my backyard, but it swam over to me and it picked me up and it was flying. I could not see the wings. Then he spoke, I do not have any wings. I do not know why I can fly. Us whales don't have birth. We just pop out of nowhere we don't know why we do this but then an eagle picked me up the whale flew up and took me back when the eagle saw that whale fly he was scared (laughs) on my ride i saw an eagle i saw lots more the whale gave me yogurt pie ice cream grapes a friend and a cookie (laughs) he gave me lots 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 more he took me up to space and then said I'm going to put you down now. Why? I'm going to die now. Why? You were ripping off Barbie's heads. Bye. Then I went to bed. The end.
0: Some kids write because they love to write. They get genuine enjoyment from expressing themselves in words. But kids also write because they have to, because their parents or their teachers make them write. Our next reader, Todd, brought a short story he wrote in grade two when his teacher gave the class a writing prompt. And this was one of those assignments where your teacher would give you a picture and then a couple of lines underneath. And your job was to write a story about the picture you were given. Todd's going to read a short piece he wrote about a skunk. Please welcome Todd to our stage.
5: Uh, yeah, like he said, this was a grade two assignment. There was a, a skunk with a glass of champagne for some reason. I guess that's a product of the 70s. Uh, the skunk who liked booze and marijuana. One day, a skunk was walking down the street when he saw a liquor store. So he ran in and bought six boxes of beer. He ran out and saw a g- cigar store, so he ran in and bought eight packs of marijuana. He ran back to his car and drank some beer, and soon he smoked some marijuana. Soon the skunk was in his grave. W- where... When summer came, his grave was cracked. As soon as summer was over, the skunk was a skeleton. (laughs) Thank you.
0: When I was in elementary school, I kept a journal. But it wasn't a private journal. It was one that I kept... For school. And every week, our entire class would sit at our desks in silence and write entries to our teacher. And every week, our teacher would write back. Our next reader, Lauren, also wrote this type of back-and-forth school journal. And at our Regina show, he shared a few selected exchanges.
6: Friday, September thirteenth, nineteen 1996. It's titled Snails. I have found out that they are both male and female they are cool little did i know that we had so much in common at the time (laughs) october 25th 1996 today we have a substitute i think she's very nice even if she yells and screams she still be really nice even if we don't know her (laughs) this is why i am sending this all to you from emily which is not my name (laughs) it's a substitute to substitute Miss Smith she wrote thank you I wrote you're welcome (laughs) Thursday October 13th I think it should be 31st 1996 tonight is the Halloween night (laughs) when undeads come around to revenge In 1997, they will kill 12 people and suck their eyeballs out and drink their blood. (laughs) But remember, don't go to the graveyard. They will suck your eyeballs and suck your blood. (laughs) My teacher wrote, I will remember your advice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) November 2nd, 1996. On Halloween, I went with Tana. She was an M&M. She looked yummy. <laughs> I wanted to eat her up. <laughs> she looked cute. I like her. She is nice. I was a jester. December 16th, 1996. I like this song. It gahs like this. <laughs> Week the halls with saints' boxers. Fa la 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 la. "'Tis the season to be naughty. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Break a window, pop a tire. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Light Miss Woodham on fire. <laughs> Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Miss uh, Woodham wrote lovely song, Lauren." unknown date, 1996. I hate Alwyn. He is very mean. He is saying I made fun of him when I did not. I am not his friend. I hope nobody likes him. (laughs) The teacher wrote, please remember we had a talk about this.
0: Poetry is always popular at Grown Street. Read Things They Wrote As Kids, and our next reader, Kate, did not disappoint. She brought two of her teenage poems to our Regina show. And the thing you need to know about these poems is that at the time when she was 17, Kate thought these were very deep and angsty pieces of art. Now she realizes they are terrible train wrecks. Please welcome Kate to our stage.
7: Okay, this poem is called Knowledge, March 9th, 2001. You can read sonnets and poems abound, but if you've never basked in the sweet warmth of love, you know nothing. You can look at pictures and brochures, but if you've never traveled and smelled the air on the other side of the universe, you know nothing. You can speak of mystical places, but if you've never attended a ball in a palace in your imagination, you know nothing. You can sit on your high pedestal with your degrees, honorary graduate certificates, and and books about war, but until, until you've lived one second when your heart is pounding of fear or your body is pulsing of love, you know nothing. The biggest mistake you can make is mistaking knowledge for wisdom. Okay, I also dabbled in extended metaphors. Cake, May 13th, 2001. The relationship cake. All ingredients in half-cup form. One half from guy, one half from girl. Mix in a bowl, trust, respect, caring, attraction, and courage. Mix ingredients and let them sit for a while to get them, let them get to know one another. Bake from the heat of a first kiss. Now you have a relationship cake. It looks good, tastes good. Feel free to set it aside and have some milk if you don't want any at the moment. Or or if you hit a butter lump. If the cake just doesn't taste right, maybe you forgot some ingredients, or this just isn't the right mix. Cake must be constantly upheld with patience, understanding, and romance. If one party doesn't uphold their part of the cake, it just can't be eaten. Sometimes when the cake is gone, one person doesn't want to bake another cake with you. Respect it, and don't waste your precious ingredients on them. You don't have to eat cake. When one person makes the cake themselves, it doesn't taste good to either people. If you want cake, but it is unavailable to you, muffins will have to suffice. Bracket. By muffins, I mean platonic relationships, but that's a whole other metaphor. <laughs> Thank you.
5: Jeans, they're an American staple. No article of clothing is more closely linked to our nation's history. Today, denim's a $90 billion industry, but that success didn't come easy. I'm David Brown, the host of Wondery Show Business Wars. We go deep into some of the biggest corporate rivalries of all time. And in our latest series, we're unzipping how Levi's, Lee, and Wrangler managed to take workman's wear from the frontier to the runway and closets around the world. Join us for Denim Wars, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app.
0: A lot of what we hear at Grown Ups thinks they wrote as kids is funny, but other times people bring writing that touches on the more difficult parts of growing up. And every so often, someone brings writing that's a little bit of both, writing that comes from a place of pain or loneliness or sadness, but in retrospect, still gets a laugh. Our next reader, Bronwyn, brought three poems that she wrote between the ages of 17 and 21.
8: I was apparently desperately depressed, and uh, don't worry, I'm happily medicated now, and mostly, um, well, uh, okay. (laughs) Melancholy settles in like morning dew. Unnoticed but very evident, Broken Looking Glass stands as witness to conflicting emotions that reign. Self-confidence is a joke made by media and it's hype. So little girls think they're screwed up and little boys become vulgar. Perfection doesn't exist in the world as we know it. Fellow man is a myth where people who should care actually do something worthwhile. If I show you all my hang-ups, will you make them disappear, only to reappear from behind my knee to show up at the most embarrassing moment, like when you say I'm pretty and then you laugh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really sad. (laughs) So my second one is is equally uplifting. Um, Loneliness surrounds me, but I encourage it. Its darkness is real and absurdly comforting. Jealousy picks at me, opening wounds of long ago, but I do nothing to discourage its gnawing. Heaviness weighs upon me and I hold it strong, not wanting to move it, waiting for someone else to. Rhythm pounds my skull, its beat enters my heart and I keep it there so nothing else will fit. Fear creeps toward me, Stalking my waiting mind and I do nothing to withhold it. My defenses aren't that strong. People stand watching me, waiting to be asked inside, but my walls are too high for me to climb. And my last poem has the worst title known to man. Realization of myself in that broken jaded mirror. Yeah. (laughs) I am easily swept under the rug, as though my thoughts are that easy to ignore. You tend to undermine my emotions, dismissing ones you think aren't valid. I did not ask for the critic's viewpoint. I do not write to save the world, but merely to express however I feel at the moment I feel it. Relative to all others, I appear ignorant and poorly expressed, but I've had it with pretending that I'm brilliant or brain dead. Thank you for mocking me. I have no thought of my own. For fear you won't agree with me. I have so little respect as it is. I won't make apologies that I'm not hip as all that and a bag of chips. (laughs) I'd like to be content to be me, if that's all right with you. Don't worry, I'll always ask. I know who I am.
4: Some context about what was going on. I was somewhere in between 17 and 19 when I wrote them. Um, I was pretty unhappy uh, having some issues with bullies and things at school and decisions about my future and just felt like everything was not going according to plan. I um, was very depressed and very angry with the entire world There was something that just needed to come out and I've always done that through writing and poetry seemed to be the most angst-ridden thing that I could think of. If I had any advice to the teenager who I was and the teenagers that may be in that same position, I guess it would be to know that things will be better, that you will find people that like you for who you are and you will start to like you who you are. It wasn't until I hit my 30s where I really realized that I'm a good person and I'm going to be okay. Mind you, it took medication and some major counseling. So I would also encourage people to reach out and talk to somebody because somebody might be able to help.
0: Our next reader, Judd, brought along three short pieces of writing. They're all quite different, but they have one thing in common. Judd wrote all three pieces when he was in grade seven. So we're kind of getting a snapshot of what was going on in his life at the time. Live on stage, here's Judd reading an essay about what he wanted to do when he retires, a short Halloween story, and, to kick it all off, an essay that explains the finer points of football.
2: I played minor football as a kid and apparently it took over my life. So this is called About Football. Do you know what the roughest and most exhilarating sport is? Of course, it's football. In this essay, I'll give you information on the sport that towers over them all. I'll also give you knowledge on positions and equipment. So strap on your chin strap and read away. Football is played when two teams wearing equipment try to get a ball made from pigskin down to the other team's end zone, an area on which if the ball enters, the team on the opposite side of the field gets six points. After six points is scored, the team that's scored can kick a convert that consists of one point. At the end of four quarters, the team with the most points wins. <clears throat> there are lots of important equipment for safety in football, but I think the most important one is the helmet. It protects injuries from your head. (laughs) The shoulder pads are important. They protect shoulders from damage and provide assistance while tackling. The hip and tail pads along with the thigh pads protect the legs. The face mask on a helmet are help also. The players who wear large masks are the linemen, the linebackers, and the fullback, and some quarterbacks do too. Face masks depend on how rough the positions are. The rougher the position, the bigger the mask. Now, I'll bet you know about as much about football as I do. Well, now don't you agree that football is the most action-packed, stupendous, and exciting sport created? If you like football, you can join me in minor football, like me too. When I retire, I will take out my life savings of $2 billion and buy a Corvette and a Mustang. I will buy my wife a 1968 Volkswagen Rabbit. I'll live in a mansion in Florida. My wife still works and pays for all my luxuries, such as my boat and my car payments. I have my kids go to Disneyland with my servants. <laughs> Their names are Scott and Gary. <laughs> after, my <laughs> after my MVP trophy winning season with the Chicago Bears, I retire with five Super Bowl rings and five MV- MVP trophies. I'll die when I'm 75. After I die, I'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right, here's a quick little Halloween story. It was dark. It was dark and musty as we entered the old attic. We had not been up there for years. Everything was covered in thick dust. Suddenly, I spotted an old trunk. I broke the lock open and peeked inside. Suddenly, a bloody cold hand grabbed me by the throat. I was turning blue as I gasped for oxygen. I was very sorry I had been so curious. Luckily, my friend came to my rescue and used his trusty chainsaw to remove the murderous hand from my throat. The end. Thank you.
0: When Gina was 12, she had her very first kiss with a boy named Tyler and immediately afterwards, she wrote about it in her diary.
3: June 9th, 1144 p.m. O-M-G. I kissed Tyler in the pouring rain. My first kiss ever. Sure, it only lasted like a few milliseconds, and I'm pretty sure I missed his lips. But I should get some points for going for it, and we were really sneaky about it, too. We were on Jeremy's street dancing in the pouring rain, and it started to thunder and lightning. Everyone else hopped back over the fence, but Tyler and I planned it so that we were the last two to hop over, and then it happened. I wish it was cuter, though. I mean, I wish it lasted longer. Come to think of it, I don't even actually know it did happen. But wow. But wow, it must have happened, because I can still feel the tingle on my lips. Wish me luck getting some sleep tonight. The following day at 11 a.m. Help, something tells me this didn't actually happen. I mean, I know it did, I think. Can someone just please send me some help about this? Two days later, June 12th. Grr, I don't know what I'm doing. I started to do some stuff with Tyler that I thought I would never do in public before. At the track and field meet today, we were playing a game of dare, and someone dared me to hug him in public. And I just did it. Right there. People were watching. And then I let him kiss me on the cheek. What was I thinking? I mean, I know he's amazing, but I don't know what I'm doing anymore. What is up with me? My whole life, I've talked about not letting myself be easy, but... But here I am, letting my boyfriend hug me in public. But the weirdest thing is it didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. I think I need to stop and think about this. I might need to end it with him, and I should probably do that before I become the person I told myself I never would be. Need to think about this, bye for now. Note to self, no more hugging in public. Maybe sitting beside each other, but that's it.
0: Tyler wasn't the only boy Gina wrote about. A few years later, when she was a teenager, Gina wrote about another boy that she liked, a boy named Brett. And as a way of assessing whether Brett was boyfriend material, Gina compiled a list of pros and cons.
3: Pros. Smells nice, has really pretty eyes, likes country music, can drive, has a car, is taller than me, a cute butt, made me a cute ring out of paper, watches chick flicks, knows my Tim Hortons order, and has a hot body. Cons. He's kind of scruffy t- sometimes. He's a terrible speller, makes awful popcorn, doesn't know what egg Benedict is, <laughs> likes his car way too much, has a faux hawk right now. He asked me out on MSN. His dog isn't very cute. <laughs> He has a really short attention span and a lot of girlfriends. He's an awful kisser, doesn't like hockey, and lives in the North End. He's probably not going very far in life. He... And every once in a while, he has this man PMS thing. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Music fandom is a powerful force. Lots of kids have a favorite singer or a favorite band, and when our next reader, Ashley, was 13, she was an enormous fan of the band Matchbox 20. So, when Matchbox 20 visited Regina on May 9th, 1998, almost two decades ago, Ashley chronicled the entire experience and her anticipation
9: in her journal. March 24th, 1998. Mom got tickets to Matchbox 20. I'm so happy, I get to go. March 31st. 39 days. Mom Mom said she might just take Justine and Hillary. I told her I'd disown her if she did. Matchbox 20 is my favorite band, and I intend on meeting them, or seeing them. I'm hoping I'll meet them at the concert. April 22nd. I woke up at exactly 1 a.m. and America's Dumbest Criminals was on. I shut my TV off and my first thought was, it's Wednesday, 17 more days till Matchbox 20. (laughs) (laughs) May 3rd. (laughs) Just think, six days I'll hear Rob Thomas singing all of my favorite songs. What if I get an autograph and I meet him? I'll frame it, and it'll become my prized possession on my wall, and oh God, six days. (laughs) May 9th, actually 10th, 12.06 a.m. (laughs) I met Matchbox 20. (laughs) Everyone that I've told I'm going to meet them has said give it up. Well, we waited, and almost one by one they came out. I got three of their autographs. I met Kyle, one of the guitarists. We talked about guitars, and he gave me an autograph pick that had a car and the number 20. He's so cool. (laughs) 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 Then this guy, another guitarist, came, and I got his autograph. Then, when everyone was getting his autograph, I was the first one to see Rob. He's so cool. (laughs) He hugged me, like, ten times. Awesome! And talked to me, and I told him I'm going to be famous and tour with him. He told me not to be a pothead. (laughs) They're all really nice. Kyle didn't have a guitar pick, so he went to the bus and got one for me. Mom said if he came back, we'd be able to tell if he's true to his word, and he did. I I could tell they are from their music. (laughs) Rob is the best, he's so nice. I cried, as stupid as it is. I always look at people meeting celebrities crying and think it's dumb. When we came out, when the concert was just ending, my legs were numb, that's what it felt like. They're so nice, the band. They're awesome and I love them all. I can't wait to see them again. I didn't really realize that they're famous because they're normal guys. It wasn't until I thought of the Grammys and millions of people watching that I realized he's famous and he knows me. <laughs> Mom hugged him and told him she wanted to hug one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world. Then he said, Who, Leo? <laughs> I guess I hug the most beautiful person, one of them, about 10 times. It's so awesome. I really have nothing else to say. Of course, no more countdown to concert, but you can hear about how nice and cute and funny and cool they are all the time. Love, Ashley Martin.
0: Is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live at the Artesian in Regina as part of Winterruption 2017 and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our associate producer is Olivia Nashmi and our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. I would love to hear the stuff that you wrote when you were a kid. We have upcoming live events in Toronto, Sudbury, St. Albert, Ottawa, Vancouver, Victoria, Peterborough, and well beyond. For all of the details, visit our website, grownups.fm. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.